Welcome to the official podcast channel of the Australian Physiotherapy Association, the latest in clinical, academic and health leadership, giving you access to preeminent physiotherapy research from Australia and across the globe. It is well known that for people with cancer, exercise has beneficial effects on strength, cardiovascular function, fatigue and quality of life. However, the ideal mode of intensity of exercise remains unclear. In an effort to help remedy this gap, APA member Amy Dennett's research investigates whether there is a dose-response effect of exercise on inflammation and fatigue in adult cancer survivors. With the results of her systematic review published in Issue 2 of the Journal of Physiotherapy for 2016, this podcast sees Associate Professor Mark Elkins, editor of the journal, join Amy to discuss the nature and extent of her findings. Welcome to this podcast about one of the papers published in Issue 2 of Journal of Physiotherapy for 2016. I'm the editor of the journal, Mark Elkins, and the paper under discussion is titled Moderate Intensity Exercise Reduces Fatigue and Improves Mobility in Cancer Survivors, which is a systematic review with meta-analysis. I'm joined by the first author on the paper, Amy Dennett. Amy, thanks for joining us. Thank you for chatting with me today. Can you start by giving us a bit of background about you, where you are working and how you got interested in the topic of exercise for cancer survivors? Yeah, so um, I'm currently a PhD student at La Trobe University and also a physiotherapist at Eastern Health in Victoria. Mm -hmm. So prior to commencing my PhD, uh, I was working in community rehabilitation and I had the opportunity uh, to work in oncology rehab. And our program was the first of its kind actually set up in the public system in Australia. And we found that, you know, the patients coming through were so motivated, um, unlike maybe some of our other chronic disease um, cohorts and um, we were getting some fantastic outcomes uh, with the program and so decided you know it's the perfect opportunity uh, to do a bit of research to really prove um, what we're doing is helping and um, cancer is only becoming more and more common so one in two men and one in three women in Australia will have cancer at some point but the great news is our survivorship is improving so up to 70% of people are actually now living uh, five years post-cancer, which means we need to then deal with the issues that come with survivorship um, due to the cancer uh, and its treatment. So um, physios, we play, you know, we have such a huge role to play in cancer and treating it just like any other um, chronic disease. So yeah, there's a lot of gaps and um, hoping that we can fill them or some of them. Hmm. So it's not really on the topic of your paper, but what that's an interesting comment you made about patients perhaps with the cancer group being more motivated than other chronic disease groups do you I guess that's just an anecdotal observation but do you have an idea of why that might be yeah I think uh, just with the programs that we have uh, in our clinics like we have cardiac rehab and pulmonary rehab and just there's a different vibe um, when you when you go into an oncology rehab program and I think because these patients are, are faced with their mortality all of a sudden and it's Um, there's some researchers over in, I think it's the US, and they describe it being the teachable moment. Mm -hmm. Um, So people are, you know, very uh, on board at taking on those self-management strategies. And, you know, people with cancer, um, you know, it happens just out of the blue for some of these people and they can't see any rhyme or reason, you know, why they've developed it. Whereas I suppose something maybe more like in cardiovascular disease, uh, there are a lot of lifestyle factors you can 
place, um, you know, to contributing to the disease and maybe people aren't necessarily as likely to want to change them. Sure. Um, yeah, so even though, you know, you have a heart attack and you need to have rehab and get better after that, um, people might not necessarily be in the same frame of mind as maybe someone with cancer. So it's just an interesting observation that sort of we've come across um, with patients in our program. Yeah. Okay, so if we move on to your paper, the reason we needed this review done is that we knew that exercise had many benefits for people with cancer, but we didn't know which dose or intensity should be prescribed to maximise those benefits. Is that right? Yes. So uh, exercise oncology research has been rapidly evolving, particularly in the last 10 years, and we've seen numerous systematic reviews that demonstrate um, the value that exercise has for improving a variety of outcomes, so from cardiovascular fitness and strength and fatigue and that sort of thing. Um, but now we're at a point where we know exercise works, but we don't really know how, how it works and how much we need. And, you know, exercise is medicine, as you hear a lot, and so therefore it needs to be prescribed in the right dose. So there has been a lack of sort of head-to-head trials um, comparing one dose to another, whether it be exercise intensity uh, or duration. Um and current guidelines are quite general. So they sort of follow our guidelines for healthy people, so 150 minutes of moderate intensity uh, activity um, a week. Um, but I think we need sort of a little bit more guidance, guidance and some more hard evidence to say, you know, exactly what these people can do, particularly in the context of cancer-related fatigue. And I think in the clinic, uh, it sort of translates, you know, a lot of clinicians, uh, or more so doctors, will recommend these people to rest. And so some exercise clinicians, I think, are a little bit more on the conservative side and, and do more low-intensity exercise. But you'll get other clinicians that will work patients harder. So I think we need a little bit more um, guidance into exactly how much these people can do. And just in my experience with some cancer patients that I've had is that you can maybe work them a little bit harder than, than what people think. So that's, yeah, how this review came about. Mm, okay. So I guess another benefit that people often don't think of is is that exercise could actually improve the inflammatory profile for people with cancer and why that might be important? Yeah, so going into this review, I wanted to find out more about uh, the safety of exercise. Uh, and we know that there's low adverse events generally uh, in these exercise uh, reviews with people with cancer, but less is known is what, about what's happening at a physiological level. So part of this was looking at inflammation uh, because inflammation has been linked to the development of cancer-related fatigue, which is going to limit um, functional capacity, but more importantly, it's been linked to the development of tumours. So there is evidence that exercise can actually reduce this inflammatory profile in people with and without cancer. But again, we don't know much about exercise dose. And the reason this is really important is because there has been evidence in a healthy population that strenuous exercise can actually increase inflammatory markers. So if you're looking at an immunocompromised population such as cancer and we're pushing them too hard and you're getting an increase in inflammation, this could be a problem given um, the links to um, tumour development. Hmm. So you said before that there weren't many head-to-head trials of different exercise intensities in people with cancer and so you, 
that's why you needed to do the meta regression approach that you did. But that then turned your review into a pretty mammoth review rather than not having enough trials. It was almost like you had too many. Yeah, definitely. So I think because we wanted to look at a variety of outcomes, so not only did we want to look at inflammation and probably fatigue at the start, uh, we also wanted to look at how that um, will influence sort of your functional capacity as well. So uh, we included uh, those sort of outcomes as well. So we ended up with 42 trials and it was probably a good thing to allow us to have that much data so we could complete a a meta-regression. and this was even after applying some pretty strict criteria, uh, particularly around standardising our dose. Um, so we had a, up to about 4,000 uh, people who were included in the trials um, that were in the review. And like the majority of reviews on people with cancer, uh, it was predominantly uh, breast and prostate cancer, so the solid tumours, um, and less so for women or those haematological um, malignancies. Mm. So before we get to the optimal dose of exercise, did you look at whether exercise was actually safe for people with cancer? Yeah, so first of all in the review uh, we looked at adverse events as you would probably with any other review and like previous reviews there was a low number of adverse events. We then wanted to be a little bit more rigorous so we did a meta-analysis of the adverse events um, and again there was no difference uh, between the exercise groups and usual care. Uh, we then looked at uh, by exercise dose as well. So we looked at the different exercise intensities and again there was no uh, difference between exercise intensities and adverse events, which was good news. And then when we went into looking at the inflammatory markers, uh, which would be an indicator of how safe exercise is, we found that there was no difference in any of the inflammatory markers that we assessed. So this was um, predominantly our C-reactive protein and some of our pro-inflammatory uh, interleukins. And if anything, there was actually a trend, whilst it wasn't significant, that there was actually a reduction in the C-reactive protein in the exercise groups compared uh, with usual care. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so what dose or modality of exercise did your review suggest is best to reduce cancer-related fatigue? So overall, uh, exercise uh, reduced cancer-related fatigue. However, the strongest effect was actually in a combination of both aerobic and resistance training. Mm-hmm. And it was more so in the people with solid tumours and also in people undergoing treatment. When we looked at this further by dose, we actually found that moderate intensity aerobic exercise uh, seemed to have uh, a dose response. So with increasing intensities, Uh, we actually had a reduction in that positive effect uh, of reducing uh, fatigue. So essentially, the the higher intensity you've got, the the less improvements in in cancer-related fatigue, uh, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And what about the inflammation? Was one form of exercise better than another for the inflammatory profile? Yeah, so unfortunately we didn't have enough data to run a dose-response analysis for the inflammatory markers. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
small number of trials that actually did look at inflammation. And there also was a lack of variation in the exercise intensities. They were all sort of around that moderate intensity range anyway. So we weren't able to find out if one type of exercise or dose was better than the other for inflammation. Mm. Uh, but certainly overall, um, there was no difference uh, anyway. Okay. And also, I forgot to add before, we also not only looked at intensity, we also looked at exercise duration as well. Yep. And interestingly, when you looked at minutes per week of exercise, uh, they actually uh, it didn't make much difference. Oh, right. So it's more the intensity that was the key uh, with the dose response. Yeah. Um, but in resistance exercise alone, uh, there was no dose response either. So purely it's that moderate aerobic uh, exercise um, that, that seems to have the best effect, at least for cancer-related fatigue. Yeah. And what about the effect on exercise capacity or how much activity people undertake? Yeah, so the results were sort of similar uh, to the fatigue results. So overall, a huge effect, actually, for improving uh, walking endurance. Um, but... Uh, and when you looked at it uh, by dose, again, moderate intensity exercise um, seemed to have a peak effect. So it was just shy of approaching significance, but it appeared that sort of around that 7% of a relative exercise intensity uh, was our, our peak effect uh, for improving our walking endurance. Um, we also looked at uh, a couple of other measures that we considered as being functional activity. Uh, there was also... Uh, trend for a positive effect for sit-to-stand ability and walking speed, but this uh, didn't reach uh, significance. Mm -hmm. uh, and like the results for cancer-related uh, fatigue, uh, we had um, the effect was strongest in people with uh, solid cancers as well, and there was no effect uh, for the duration of exercise either. So again, it was that moderate intensity, peak at around 70% of relative uh, intensity was best for improving walking endurance. Mm. So overall, these results sort of made sense um, because people with with cancer they have a reduced baseline exercise tolerance anyway from their cancer and also their, their treatment side effects. So you want to have you're doing enough exercise to induce some cardiovascular adaptations and change, but you're not wanting to do too much um, that you're going to completely wipe someone out, especially in the case of cancer-related fatigue. So all that, getting the balance, I think, hmm. exercise, right, with and moderate it, intensity. And it's good that it's kind of consistent across the various outcomes. Um, so you're not saying, oh, well, I should be doing this to improve that and that to improve some other outcome. At least you've got a fairly consistent um, uh, regimen of what you should be trying to focus on. Yeah, exactly right. And the good news was as well with this review is it sort of supported those guidelines that whilst they are a little bit bad, um, it supports that combination of aerobic and uh, resistance exercise just with that overall meta-analysis. And, you know, there has been evidence out there to say that maybe the moderate intensity aerobic exercise, particularly for fatigue, uh, is most beneficial. So, uh, you know, it's not one lot of guidelines saying one thing in our review completely contradicted it. So it's all sort of in line um, with what the evidence seems to be in expert clinical opinion anyway. Mm. Yeah, but nice to build on that with a bit more precise um, guidance about prescribing exercise. It also ties in nicely with some of the recent papers we've had in the journals. So for example, the one about um, uh, that one-hour paper of the year um, 
for 2014 about um, resistance exercise not being unsafe for women with breast cancer from a lymphedema point of view, which I think was a big turnaround. That had been um, sort of received wisdom for a long time. And um, we also had a, um, I think in the same issue as yours, a terrific paper by Catherine Granger about lung cancer, which covers more the broader involvement of physiotherapists in cancer, not just with exercise, but with other interventions. So where do you think is next for you, Amy? Have you thought about what research you will do after this or are you going to go back to clinical work or what are your plans? Yeah, so I've only sort of just started my PhD, so we're about a, a year in now and mm-hmm. uh, we've just uh, finished a mixed method study looking at oncology rehab in Australia, so trying to find out exactly what's out there and the content of these programs and what some of the challenges um implementing oncology rehab is and and this study has highlighted that there is poor access um, to rehab for uh, cancer survivors and there are some barriers uh, that we need to overcome so hopefully um, that will be coming out soon and um, so overall the main theme of my PhD research uh, is about optimising rehab for cancer survivors. So we're also now looking into the value of uh, psychoeducation, so things such as motivational interviewing uh, for rehab programs for cancer survivors. Uh, given that we've found that many of the oncology rehab programs that are out there actually do include education as well. Um, so we want to find out whether there is that added benefit particularly for the self-management of cancer as a chronic disease and looking into things like physical activity long-term, whether the education uh, adds that a little bit extra than just the exercise-only programs, which through this review shows that you're getting good outcomes as well with just the exercise. So um, that's the next sort of step and and area that we're looking into. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, overall... as physios, we play such an important role uh, in the management of other chronic diseases and we've developed such great programs with cardiac and, and pulmonary rehab. So, you know, I want oncology rehab to sort of become a part of that as well. Mm. And unfortunately, the benefit of exercise and rehab uh, is under-recognised, I think, still in people with cancer, especially around things like rest and fatigue and safety and, and looking at exercise dose. So. Hopefully, um, the work that we're going to be completing over the next couple of years um, will help contribute to that evidence base and add to the great work um, that Catherine's done and also the rest of the work uh, around the world, such as in America and Canada, where a lot of this research uh, started off. Um, So hopefully, we can have uh, rehabilitation incorporated as part of standard care uh, for cancer survivors. Yeah, sounds great. Well, you clearly know your stuff and thank you very much for sharing all those insights with us and thanks for your time. No problem. It's great to be able to get the research out there. Good on you. Thank you. Thank you. To find out more, visit physiotherapy.asn.au.